traffic was pretty bad today. This cafe is quite nice. What was the name again? History Tea? Well, I'm glad I let you pick this time. Alright then, now that I'm here, I have something I want to discuss with you about. So, ever heard of James Monroe? Doesn't ring a bell? Well, to brief you on him, James Monroe was the fifth president of the United States. He was introduced to politics by his uncle and soon became one of Virginia's most influential leaders. A veteran of the American Revolution and studied law beneath Thomas Jefferson, he easily won the 1816 election and was very well liked. After being elected, his two terms of service had been dubbed the Era of Good Feelings, a time where the nation enjoyed peace and stability. Oh, our order's here. Let's go grab it. James Monroe is, now I can get into what I've been meaning to talk about. As you know, being a president is no laid-back job. Throughout your presidency, you could face all sorts of problems you're expected to solve. So back to James Monroe. He was a president that faced many issues through his run. Starting with the issues he faced domestically, I want to discuss with you the Missouri Compromise. There was an issue in the country with balancing the free states and the slave states in new territories outside Louisiana. The government had finally reached a balance with 11 slave states and 11 free states. That's until Missouri applied for statehood in 1817. They applied as a slave state, which ultimately upset the balance the country once had. They didn't want to grant Missouri the ability to be a slave state, but James Monroe refused to ban it. He said that slavery was allowed in new states thanks to the Constitution. People still weren't happy though, so how was it ultimately resolved? When Maine applied to be a free state in 1819, the government had compromised. The Missouri Compromise allowed Maine to enter as a free state and Missouri as a slave state, which balanced everything out again. They also banned slavery in the Louisiana Territory at the 36-30 degree latitude, you know, like an imaginary line across the territory. Sounds interesting, right? Well, there was also another issue the country was facing within its borders. It was the case of McCullough versus Maryland. The Bank of the United States was always a topic of debate amongst Federalists and Anti-Federalists. Maryland had been tax taxing any banks other than the banks within their state. Maryland was trying to destroy the Bank of the U.S. by taxing its currency. A tax that the Bank of the U United States' Baltimore branch had refused to pay. This conflict started raising a lot of curious questions like, could you tax a federal bank? Is bus constitutional? The resolution 
does come swiftly, though, when the case is settled with the elastic clause in the Constitution. The clause states that the Congress has power to make all laws which shall be necessary and proper. Through this, Chief Justice John Marshall declares bus to be constitutional through the loose construction argument. He also stops Maryland from taxing bus. A fitting end, I suppose. Oh, I finished my drink. It was so good. Should I order another? Okay, so what I've said so far have only been the issues that occurred domestically. Now, onto the foreign issues Monroe faced during his presidency. The Adam Onus Treaty was a treaty made after the Seminole Wars. During the Seminole Wars, Andrew Jackson had raided Spanish Florida and burnt down native villages. It was a revenge move for allowing runaway slaves to hide in their villages. Natives had also been attacking frontier settlements, which had fueled the fire even more. To settle this war, the Adam Onus Treaty was made. In the treaty, Spain would give the U.S. Florida in exchange for a settled border dispute. The treaty also results in the U.S. giving up claims to Texas and their $5 million debt to Spain paid off. Oh, and how could I forget? The most notable event that occurred during Monroe's presidency was the Monroe Doctrine. It all started when Spain loses control over its North American empire and Mexico becomes independent in 1821. Spain's European allies began talking about how to help Spain regain control. During all of this, Great Britain offers to help the U.S. keep those countries out of the U.S.'s business, but re refuse their help. This results in the Monroe Doctrine, a statement made by James Monroe that still guides our foreign policy to this day. The doctrine lists three prominent rules. Rule 1. The U.S. would stop interfering with European nations. Rule 2. The U.S. would recognize the existence of Latin American countries and close the entire Western Hemisphere off to further colonization. Finally, Rule 3. If a European country sought to oppress or control any part of the American continents, it would be considered a hostile act against the United States. Like I said, the doctrine still helps us deal with foreign affairs to this day. It is a very important and very prominent part of Monroe's presidency. Oh yeah, and here's something you probably didn't know, but Monroe was the third president to die on the 4th of July. Isn't it crazy? What are the odds, huh? Oh, and you know that famous painting of George Washington? The soldier holding the flag is actually a depiction of Monroe. I know, it surprised me too. Oh, and- oh my gosh, look at the time. Ran a bit late today, huh? 
guess I should finish up what I was saying. John Adams was the president that took over when Monroe had left office. He had retired and went on many diplomatic missions in Europe, as well as being a board member for the University of Virginia. He died on the July 4th, 1831. Well, that's the end of James Monroe's legacy, and also the end of our hangout. I've got to run, but I'll see you next week for the usual. See ya!